So I thought it would kind of be, I know Melissa and I were talking this week. I think it was this week that all the weeks blend together. Maybe it was last week. And Melissa, you were saying that your son got his own apartment. Yes. And I say that with a big, deep breath. And <laughs> it's it's supposed to be wonderful. And it is. But it is very difficult. And I have been through this three other times. He will be the fourth. And it, there is not one thing about it that makes it any easier. I don't care how many times you've been through it. It is... You're even when they're an adult and they're living in your home and then they move out, you're just so used to having eyes on them, knowing they're okay, knowing their car's running, they made it to work, what you know, all those little things that we kind of take for granted. And then when they're not right there where you can see them and um it's very difficult. I'm I'm struggling with it. <laughs> And, you know, truth be told, my husband's even struggling with it. I've caught him just standing in the doorway of his room with the door open, just looking in. And I went up to him. I said, I'm so glad I'm not the only one doing that. I do that when you're not here. You know, so even the dogs, it's so silly, but they go and hit his doorknob and they like make me show him, you know, the room's empty. Like, okay, he's really not there. (laughs) And he's not that far away. It's not like he went states away, um, but we're definitely missing him and worrying. And oh, it's it's hard for sure. I thought it would be a good idea to kind of talk about because I know between the three of us, we are m- moms with children who are older. Not that we are older moms, but we are moms with children who are older. Um, and I think that there's some differences. We do. We spend so much time, maybe especially around the teenage years, where they're like, I can't wait to move out. And you're like, I can't wait until you move out. Um, But, you know, just kind of talking about some of the differences and how uh, I know one of our big topics that people love in our blogs is uh, like, what do you do when you have an older child and how do you support them? And, um, you know, we don't always know what's going on with them. Um, and our culture is very much like you're a failure if you move home. You're a failure if you graduate from like high school or college and you still live at home. And uh, I mean, financially, it's so expensive to have two support two homes. Um, but, and, and maybe it's great that they live somewhere else and, you know, you could kind of have a little bit of that distance. There's some things that I think for kiddos that they need to learn on their own, like, uh, the dishwasher does not load and unload itself. Um, the, the struggle, I know my daughter (laughs) will call me on her way home from school and, and, uh, she's a teacher and say, what am I hungry for tonight? You know, that. That never ending what's for dinner question. Um, so I think that I think that that's nice, you know, because when they're kids and they I, I know my kids, I would be making dinner and they'd walk in in the kitchen. They go, ew, I'm not eating that. What is it? <laughs> you don't even you don't even know when you're. <laughs> so maybe that maybe that changes the struggle a little bit of, you know, um, so I just thought it would be, this might be a good time to kind of talk a little bit about, about our kiddos and their adult form <laughs> and all the joy that comes with it. Um, I feel like when 
our children get older and they move out, um, I think it's natural for us to um, worry, um, you know, with especially with our children that have mental health. Um, I know that my daughter is in her 30s now and that has not stopped. You know, I, I think that we help them to and guide them to get through their mental health journey. And sometimes uh, I know for me, I've had to pull back and let her figure that out. Kind of like not hitting rock bottom, but like taking care of that mental health the way that she can, you know what I mean? And then stepping in and saying, I don't think it's working right now. Let's figure this out. You know, um, what can I do to support you right now? You know, and asking them because oftentimes I'd be like, hey, I think it's time for you to make that appointment or, you know, and they're like, no, I don't. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I just had an experience with that this morning. I got a, uh, a voicemail from the doctor's office and they were calling for one of the children who've moved out. To remind them that this is the second reminder of trying to schedule their yearly appointment. So the first time, like two weeks ago when this came through, I just copied it and sent it. And, you know, like this is for you to do now. Today, I called the doctor's office and said, you'll have to remove my number, put it down below his, keep it as an emergency number. And that was it was very hard. Um, not going to lie. It was very difficult. And, you know, yeah. I, I'm very proud of myself for doing it because I know it has to be up to him. Um, and if he, you know, all these things go through my mind, if you miss appointments and you don't keep them, then that doctor's office isn't going to keep you. Like we know all those things can happen. And I've told that child, all those things can happen, you know, that it's important to have contact and keep your appointments and it, it had to be done. And I still feel a little bit bad. Like I'm a bad mom for doing that. But at the same time, I know that responsibility is theirs and they have to do it. But I'm glad that you did that because um, I think that that gives them that extra layer of privacy. They, you don't need to know when they have a doctor appointment. They might not want you to know that they're going to the doctor for a million reasons. And probably most of them are really harmless. Like, what do you care if I have, I stub my toe, you know, I'm going to the doctor or who knows, right? But they deserve that autonomy of you not knowing everything about them. Um, And I mean, I do that with my kiddos when they get mail. I let them know that they have mail here. But unless they are explicit and say to me, would you, oh, that, oh, that's the parking ticket. Would you open it and send me a picture so I could pay it? I'm not opening it for them. Because for me, and especially like the way I was raised, like that was like a big thing with my mom is like, stay out of people's mail, you know? Yeah. Um, and so... You know, I think that mm-hmm. I I think that that some of those things are are good um, things to put into place to protect their privacy. 
But I, I also think that one of the things that I didn't do that maybe I should have done is maybe explain why I'm just telling you you got a piece of mail or I'm just sending you a picture of the envelope. Like, I, I want to give you your autonomy to not, like, my mm -hmm. kids are still young enough to be on my health insurance. And so after they go to a doctor, visit like maybe the bill or whatever aftercare bill, you may owe this much money, comes to my house. I don't open that. You know, I don't need to see what doctor you saw. What I don't need any of that. So I think that probably for me, I should have done a better job of explaining why. Because I, I wonder if maybe they think that I'm just being a jerk. And not just telling them what it is, but it's like a me kind of thing of giving them that autonomy. So I, I think that that's where I struggle is maybe there are things that I do that I, I do purposely to give people their autonomy and maybe they don't know why I'm doing it. And so they may interpret it differently. I don't know. I had just, um, with the insurance issue, I got a survey of how was my recent visit at MedExpress. Well, honestly, I want to know why you went to MedExpress. I do want to know, but I'm also going to treat you like an adult and give you respect. And if it's not something that you called me to tell me, then I have to trust that it's okay. You know, it, it's a, it's a, fine line that you're walking. And I truly believe if we treat our children as the adults that they are, and we start helping them see themselves that way, they that boosts them, that helps them realize, well, I guess I am an adult. Like the doctor called me, not mom, you know, and I don't know. It's just little things along the way that they deserve that. They deserve to be treated with respect and have their privacy. And um, I don't know if you want to know something really bad enough, like I'm not above like going and sitting right on them. Like you, <laughs> I'm not getting up until you tell me what is wrong, you know, but like all those little things, like you got to kind of let it go. I feel, you know, with my daughter, um, it's always been, um, can you tell me my history? Can you be at that appointment with me? Um, can I can I have your hand to hold while mm -hmm. I go to these appointments? Um, that that's been very um, sometimes difficult um, because of the history that 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 we've had. Um, that I think that one thing that you were saying, Christina, kind of hit me was like, you know, with my younger one that's going to be coming an 18 year old soon is having and having that discussion of what that looks like and teaching as a teaching lesson of adulthood that I know that I'm swimming in right now. Like I know that that is my foreseeable future, what that looks like and maybe changing some of the ways that maybe I handled some with my oldest daughter to my, you know, soon to be 18 year old. Um, Good to know. With our test kids, the older <laughs> ones are our test kids that we're kind of, <laughs> we're learning. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I have, I have to say though, they, they say in, um, you know, when, when we do a biweekly newsletter and we create a whole bunch of materials and we, 
try and tell people on social media the materials we have. And so when you're like learning a little bit about marketing, they say it used to be people used to have to hear things seven times to get them to pay attention. And now they're saying it's like so much more like 30 or more because we have such a short attention span anymore. So many things competing for our attention and we just don't pay attention. Um, I know with my youngest, I, I was all excited. I was like, yay, this is the very last IEP meeting I ever have to go to in their senior year of high school. And they sat in the meeting and they went, well, except for my, my IEP meetings in college. And I was like, I, 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 I know, because I was there, I know I said over and over and over again, there are no IEPs in college. And, you know, we went to the secondary transition conference and they talked about, you know, post uh, high school and, and all the, the things. And I don't know if it was maybe like a momentary, like they forgot or it hadn't sunk in or, you know, whatever. But I was like, oh, dude, nope. No, no, no IEPs in college. So maybe we have to, as parents, make sure that not like we like nag them about it or although what is nagging to somebody who doesn't want to hear something. Um, but, you know, like make it make it really clear. I, I have told people that I had a mentor when I started a job a long time ago. And, you know, we were talking and she said to me, um, whenever you do something for someone, you deny them the opportunity to learn. And that was the right thing to say to me because that is something that's important to me. And shortly thereafter, I started making my children make their own doctor's appointments. I was sitting right next to them, um, refill their prescriptions just because they're going to have to do it on their own. And I would always rather that they have a, a bad experience, a negative experience. They're not successful in a safe and protected environment where it's no big deal. We could pick it up and help them really, really easily. But like, you know, like Melissa, like you were saying, if there's a case where you just don't make your doctor's appointment for like, a year and a half and then they drop you off their patient list. That's a whole, that's, that's a different or like your psychiatrist where you think I'm not going to confirm that appointment. I'm just not going. I'll, I'll go. And then you go and you're like, now you're on the six month, 18 month wait list to get back in for another appointment. Like it's, it's good to have them learn those things because sometimes they have to hear things from people besides us. So sometimes when they hear the questions that the receptionist asks, like when I call to make a doctor's appointment, why do I have to tell the receptionist what my problem is and then tell the nurse what my problem is so that somebody can call me back? So they probably need to learn some of those things by doing. We're learning as we go. And what worked for one child may not work for another. Um, and... Sometimes it's the act of practicing it over and over until you get it right. And, you know, there's always room for improvement. And if you try having these conversations and they don't go so well, or you step over a line, give yourself some space, some grace, and just say, you know what? And even tell your child, I'm going to do that better next time. You know, if I happen, I opened your mail and whatever that looks like. 
where whatever that is that you share that, you know, I felt really bad about that. I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to try to do better. You know, you're an adult now. I need to treat you like one. And there's also nobody knows our children as well as we do. Their legal definition of an adult and they're 18 doesn't always correspond with the person in front of you. So don't think about that number so much as are they to that point yet? Are they functioning, you know, independently that they can do those things? Because I think in society, there is a lot about the age and you kind of hold that over a parent's head like, well, and the kids even do it. Hey, I'm 18. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) On paper, you're right. (laughs) I was going to, um, say something back to you, Melissa, um, of when, when we're kind of having those conversations with our children, you know, I've often, um, when I'm talking to my oldest daughter, um, reiterating that I am just doing it or, you know, out of the kindness of my heart, like in worry. Um, and then also following up with, you know, I'm only asking this question because, is it okay that I kind of remind you of something, but, you know, letting them do what they need to do, but then kind of having that question of, do you want me to be this, you know, be there? Do you want me to remind you? So that that's opening up a communication level with your, your, with your oldest child as well, because I know that it's been a struggle for mine and my oldest daughter's relationship, because at one point, her mental health got so bad that it really interfered with everything. You know what I mean? So we learned that that was from that situation um, that I'm there to support her and be there when she's needing it. um, And that she just needs to ask. Sometimes I might you know, also ask her, but that she, she knows that we're there. Right. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought. After that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I have, I, for me, and I think it really has to be a really personal thing. I think it has to go with it based on your relationships and who you are as a person and how life works for you. Um, I, I have had a lot of situations in life where, um, Maybe I've said something that maybe somebody else wouldn't say. Like maybe I, I kind of laid it all out and said what needed to be said, whether it was ignored or, you know, acted on or whatever. And I've had enough situations now where it's like later on down the road, I was glad that I said what I said. Um, so sometimes, you know, if I see something going on that I don't think is good, um, you know, I'll say to my kiddos, all right, look, I'm going to say this cause I'm your mom and it's my job, but whatever the case may be, you know, but I don't think that they're a, a good friend for you or, you know, I'm a little concerned about, you know, whatever. Um, you've got to, I think, I think you have to figure out what works for you and your family. And you can learn from it. Maybe what you learn is that there are certain of your kiddos, because we all know you can have 
two children, you could have twins and they could be very, very different. One child, you could say, you know, oh my goodness, that outfit looks stupid on you. I'm, you know, the other one you can't even say good morning to. Like, I don't know, you know, like that happens. Um, so I think that you need to adapt and adjust. And if you have a child who's just like, I don't ever want to hear, I don't want you to give me any, you know, if I'm going to step backwards and step off a cliff, I don't even want you to tell me then, like, just I'll do it on my own. They'll let you know. And then you could kind of, they've set their boundary and, you know, you could respect it. Um, but, you know, certainly for families, sometimes if you're in the throes of a mental health crisis, you may not know if um, you're uh, crossing a line with drugs or alcohol, you know, like that that's as a parent, you know, we're, we might want to say that like that's something I would never rec- I would never feel bad about saying I'm not really happy with the way I see you handling this or that particular substance. I think that maybe you're self-medicating. I think that maybe you should talk to somebody and see if you could learn a better coping mechanism so that you're not that heavily dependent on that. You know, um, I think that sometimes there are things that you're going to say that they're not going to want to hear. And then you just have to decide like that whole, is this a hill I want to die on? You know, it's probably not a hill that I want to die on to say to them, uh, you know, you should wash your car more often. But, you know, there's certain things like, I really think that you need to get back on your medication. You know, that that may be the reason why you're having a hard time keeping your job, whatever the case may be. Um, but I think for every parent, you've got to f- figure that out a little bit. And I think what's nice, like for me, is for work, I could go to work on Monday and be like, hey, guys, can we huddle? Could you give me your, you know, could you, what do you think about this? Um, But I love that part of our job. Right. (laughs) Um, But other parents don't have to work for us. um, And they can call and they can kind of be like, I don't know. What do you think? And, And brainstorm and troubleshoot and get somebody else's opinion who who might might have a better idea. You know, I think that that's really, I think that that's nice. It's nice to have somebody who gets it yeah. and isn't. I was just going to say that. Yeah, who, who isn't all like judgy. And I think yeah. like that perspective of there are things that you are going, you're the mother, you're the father, you're the caregiver. If nobody else in the world is going to tell them that, they need to hear the truth from you. You know them well enough. If they're doing something that's actually hurting them, you got to speak up and say something. And like you said, you're not going to regret that. Ten years from now, you're never going to regret that you said, hey, you know, don't seem like you're coping too well with the job that you have. You're drinking a lot. Can we talk about that? Like this, I can, and I always say to my kids, at my old age, I can see where that's going. I can see something that you can't see yet because you're, you're in the place that you are, you know, I'm trying to give you this and it's not even advice or unsolicited. It's because I care. It's because I love you. You know, I really don't care if you wear this kind of clothing or you dye your hair, this color, or how many tattoos or piercings. I don't care about any of that. Do whatever you want. But if I see you doing something that's harming yourself or harming somebody else, I don't care if you're 40, we're, we're going to be having a talk about it. 
It doesn't mean they have to listen to me, but I'm, I'm going to be having that conversation. <laughs> yeah. For me, I think my oldest came, came to realize just that, what you just said, Melissa, much later and had that conversation with me and thanked me. You know, it was a very difficult time in our life and it was hard. It was really hard, but I know that we did it for um, the right reasons. Um, we didn't, you know, stop our love. We were there unconditionally. And many years later, then she could, she's looked back on it and said, I understand why you did that mom. <laughs> and she's even said like, I was not a very nice person in that time. You know, like I wasn't listening, you know, so thanks for standing by me. Um, and, 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 Helping me, right? 